Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I did it again. Last week, I started with a hymn that was pretty heavy. And this week, we started with a hymn that was pretty heavy, where we ended at least, where I'm sure that wasn't really what you wanted to hear coming to church exactly to say, um, then woe to those who scorned the Lord and sought but carnal pleasures, who here despised his precious word and loved and loved and loved their, their earthly treasures. With shame and trembling they will stand and at the judge's stern command to Satan be delivered. Doesn't it just warm your heart? This is wonderful. Oh, goodness. Well, it prepares us definitely for confession and absolution, does it not? It makes us think to ourselves, is that me? Am I going to be one of those that are delivered to Satan? And that's not a bad question to ask. Even for Christians, you say, should I be careful, right? Should I be aware of what I've done or what I have not done that I should have done? Not a lot of people like to think this way um, because we want to think that we are good enough, that we're smart enough, and that we can do what is needed to make it. It's very interesting, though, we see in our parable today from Christ that, um, well, it's one of those parables that is very hard to hear, depending on who you might be. Um, we see that Christ has basically told us that you have everything, not of your own will or of what you've done, but because of what he has freely given to you. Everything. Everything. It's amazing when you uh, ask adults this question, they typically have a certain answer that kids don't have, right? There is a question that St. Paul asks the Corinthians, what is it that you have that you did not receive, right? What is it that you have that wasn't given to you? And if you ask an adult that question, there's probably going to be a lot of silence because they're probably going to say, oh, well, I don't know. I I worked really hard for my house or my job or my car or whatever, right? I worked so hard to do that. But if you ask a kid and you say, what is it that you have, what is it that you have that you did not receive? And they go, oh, I don't know. I mean, I got this shirt from my mom. My dad bought me these shoes. I got that toy from my grandma. Like kids know, they get it, right? Kids understand that they haven't really done anything for what they have. And so in some sense, it helps for us to take on that mindset to say, what is it that I have that I haven't received? Like, what is it that I have that I've totally gotten on my own? And the answer quickly reveals itself, nothing. Nothing, zero, zilch, nada, nothing. Because we see here that 
Um, if, if you want to know exactly what the context is for our text, because it just kind of jumps right into it and says, Jesus said, for it will be like. And last week we heard that he was talking about the kingdom of heaven, right? The kingdom of God, right? The kingdom of, the kingdom of, of the heavens will be like this. And last week we heard about the parable of the, of the ten virgins. And then this week we have the ten talents, or the talents, and so we have these three different servants, really in the Greek, I'm not going to get in the weeds on this one, but in the Greek, they're really slaves, right? And we should see ourselves as those slaves because St. Paul even says that we are slaves to Christ, slaves to his righteousness. Outside of our thinking, ex- you know, extremely outside of our thinking, But if you think in that terminology, you say, well, what do slaves to a good master, what do they do for themselves? They have everything done for them, or they they are given everything, right? As far as the wealth that they have or the things that they have to do. So Jesus is talking about the master who comes and he gives what he has to his servants and says, I'm going off into a far country, I will be back. And it says, a long time later, he does come back, right? And we see these different things play out. We see one who is given five talents, one who is given two talents, and one who is given just one talent. If you want some other context, you know how much a talent was in that time? A talent was a monetary unit worth about 20 years wages, that's a lot of money, especially for these day and age. I was, I was reading a, a commentary about this, and the guy was writing probably back in like the early 1900s, and he was saying, a talent's about $20,000. I'm just like, well, it depends on your income bracket, right? So it's like, nowadays, depending on your job, a talent could be about six figures. Think about that times five, right? That's a lot of money. That's a lot to entrust to a lowly servant. But it says here, he delivered these to each according to his uh, ability, right? He wasn't foolish about who he was giving what. And that is to say that God has given us different, you know, we can take a spin on this, different talents, different gifts, whether that's wealth, whether that's knowledge or skill or whatever. He has given us all these things for us to be faithful with, to use for his goodness, for his goodwill. And so you see, you know the story, right? The five, the guy who has five makes five more. I'm gonna quibble with that a little bit. The translation should really be more like He comes along and says, Master, you have given me five talents. Here I have gained five more. Not I have made five more. I have gained them. Because the the faithful servants understand. And they say, I know that I'm just a lowly servant. I've only done what was asked of me. And all I'm doing is giving back what I have gained. And it all goes to you. Lord, 
And that shows tremendous faithfulness, right? That they don't even say, well, here it is, well, minus 10, 15% for my cut, for my trouble. They say, no, we give it all to you, everything. And yet there is this one servant who comes back after he has buried his gift in the ground and comes and says, Lord, I knew you to be a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you did not scatter, and so I am giving back what is yours. Here, have what is yours. Now, on the outset, we might say, that's not so bad, right? He could have taken that and been like the prodigal son who went and squandered it on everything, right? But still, we see that even though this was the lesser of wickedness that he could have done, he still is punished for it because he did squander what was given to him, right? He took it and it shows his faithfulness by saying, thank you for this. Now I'm just going to go bury it because I don't want to have to deal with it because I don't want to have to deal with whatever condemnation comes from me losing it. Now my question to y'all is, What do you think he was doing after he buried that talent? Think about that. What do you think he was doing after he buried his talent in the ground while the others were faithfully doing what they were supposed to be doing? What was he doing? Was he doing what he should have been doing? Or was he squandering his time doing whatever he wanted to do, right? Clearly the talent wasn't worth his trouble. But something else was, he had to be doing something. So this makes us think to ourselves, there's this one servant who is called out, who is not faithful. And it requires us to ask ourselves, is it me? Is that me? Have I done that? Have I buried what God has given to me in the ground to say, that's not worth my time. That's not worth my trouble because I don't want to have the blame if I squander that or if I lose that or if I misuse that, right? But there's this fearlessness of the faithful that take what God gives them and says, I'm gonna go forth And whatever happens and whatever I gain, it is all to the glory of my Lord, right? There's fearlessness there. So I want to point that out, that there's different kinds of fear. Last week I said that the the wise and the foolish are distinguished by the fear of the Lord, right? Proverbs says, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. Is the, fear, is the fear of the Lord. Now, what kind of fear? There are different kinds of fear. And I'll just lay this out very briefly. There is a servile fear, the fear that a slave has for his master that says, I'm afraid of being punished, so I do this so I won't get punished. That is the fear of the lazy servant in this parable. He's afraid of punishment, so he does whatever he can to just avoid it, right? But then there's a kind of fear that is the fear that a son has for his father. 
he looks up to his dad and he says, I want to be like you, right? I like to use this analogy where, you know, it's like with kids, it's like, and I learn this more and more as a father myself, with kids, you find yourself doing something and all of a sudden your kid wants to come up behind you and say, let me help, let me help, let me do that, let me see if I can do this, that, or the other, you know? Your favorite food becomes their favorite food. Those sorts of things. That's the kind of fear, and that's kind of a strange way to put it, but that's the kind of fear that the faithful have for God. We want to be like him. We see him as he truly is. We see him as truly good. And we do what he requires of us, not because we fear punishment, but because we desire to please him and to give him glory, right? Jesus says, as I said last week, let your light so shine so that others will see your good works and give glory to your father and give glory to your father, um, to, to your father who is in heaven. And so, with this, we have to ask ourselves from day to day, from week to week, am I the lazy servant? Have I buried what God has given to me? And if I have, it's not too late to go dig it up and put it to good use in faith that God will bless it. In faith that whatever gain you have, it is because God has been the one to bring it about. And there's something to be said for the commendation that those faithful will have. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been, you have been entrusted with, with a few but now you will be given much. Enter into the joy of your master. This commendation is set before us to give us, to give us that encouragement that we need to be faithful, to be true to what God says, to trust in him that we can go out and take what he has given to us and say, I'm going to put this out there and I'm going to say what I have to say and do what I have to do because I know that all things work for the good of those who love God and who have been called according to his, to his purpose. All things. Whatever good comes, it is to the glory of God. Whatever bad comes... God can handle it. It is for us to take what he has given and to be faithful and to entrust it to his care, knowing that we are simply the unworthy servants who are simply doing what was called for them to do. So as we go forth, go forth not in the fear of punishment necessarily. Go forth in the fear and the love and the trust that God calls to us with the power of his Holy Spirit, and he gives to us, because we're Lutherans, right? We don't believe that we can make this choice for Jesus. We believe, according to the understanding of the 
of, of, of the third article of the creed that God has given me, right? That he has, uh, that I believe that I cannot believe according to my own strength, but God has given me the faith to believe, right? He has given me all these things, including faith. And what else is there for me to do but be faithful and trust in him for everything? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.